Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org friendshipwithgod.org or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Joseph saw clearly that this was a sin against God. Joseph loved God. What he said, how can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Joseph would not sin with his brothers because he loved God. And because he saw it as a sin against God. What's another reason? He loved his father. He loved his father. He knew his father would be grieved. Joseph told Potiphar's wife it would be a great wickedness and sin against Potiphar when he said, there's none greater in his house than I neither had to kept back anything from me but thee because thou art his wife. How can I do this great wickedness? So Joseph saw the evil his brothers were doing as a great wickedness against his father. Joseph had a special relationship with his father. His father makes him a coat of many colors, and Joseph didn't want to hurt his father. You know, there was the father of his affection, or I guess I put it the other way. He was the son of his affection. He was a father. There was affection between them. That's a great challenge for us today, to think of all that God has done for us and the special relationship that we have with God and the affection, and we should not sin because we don't want to hurt God our Father. We don't want to hurt him. Another reason is his dreams, which showed what? Okay, he could spoil his future. You know, that's an excellent point. I hadn't thought about that. That's why I asked you. (laughs) But that's a great point. He was in jeopardy of, of losing what God had cast for him as a vision. Uh, as a, you should be teaching. I'll sit down in. <laughs> so that is a great point. Okay. Another one I was thinking of, and we're going to see this about Joseph as a person. Joseph has a very keen sense of what's right and what's wrong. There's no gray with Joseph. And Joseph revealed that when he called the solicitation of Potiphar's wife a great wickedness. When he said that in Genesis 39, Nine, he said, because how can I do this great wickedness? Okay, now, similar to what Irene said here, another reason is Joseph wanted to keep himself pure. Again, Paul, what he was meaning when he said that to Timothy in 1 Timothy 5.22, neither be partakers of other men's sins, keep thyself pure. I told you the story when I was in London, and I was waiting as a businessman with all those other businessmen holding their briefcase. You know, and there was this woman coming along. She was a prostitute. She was soliciting the businessmen. And I turned to the other guy and I said, she a prostitute? And he said to me, keep clean. See, that's what Paul said. Keep thyself pure. So when someone else invites us to sin, they're inviting us to become impure, to become morally dirty inside. And Joseph saw, this is what Joseph saw. He saw what his brothers were doing as dirty. And these are the reasons why 
some of the reasons, probably others, why Joseph kept himself being a partaker of his brother's sins. So Joseph saw his brothers, they were doing something evil, and he brings to their father, as it says in verse 2, Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. Why did he bring his father the report of the evil that they were doing? I mean, it was one thing for Joseph to not sin, but then to bring the report to his father of the sin of his brothers, I mean, didn't he know that he was going to be in trouble with his brothers for doing this? I mean, why did he tell his father what his brothers were doing? Okay, his father needed to know, see, because he saw very clearly, and this is a real big issue with him, I mean Joseph, he saw very clearly that if he did not tell his father what they were doing, that that would be disloyal to his father. And this is a huge point with Joseph. Joseph was at a crossroads. He was at his crossroads. He's at a crossroads. One road is marked loyal to his brothers and disloyal to his father. And the other road is marked loyal to his father and disloyal to his brothers. This is, child, this is a crisis of loyalty right here. It's a crisis of loyalty. Really, Joseph was at a greater crossroads where one road was marked loyal to his brothers and disloyal to God, and the other road is marked loyal to God and disloyal to his brothers, and he's got to choose. And this was not easy for Joseph because this is who Joseph was. Joseph had a keen sense of what was right, of what was wrong, of what was loyal, of what was not loyal, and he knew that God was righteous and he wanted to be loyal to God. See, this is a quality trait in Joseph that's a challenge for us because every time we are faced with a temptation, it's really a challenge of whether or not we're gonna be loyal to God or not. And for all of Joseph's life, we'll see Joseph, he put the highest priority on being loyal to God. We never see any vacillation in Joseph in this part about regarding sin. It's just crystal clear, crystal clear for Joseph. His decision was always God first, loyalty to God first, paramount. That's what Joseph was, that's Joseph. Okay, when we see Joseph now reporting back to his father about the evil that his brothers were up to, we see Joseph, he was a serious person. Joseph was a serious person who was not out in life just to enjoy himself. You know, Joseph was not a pleasure-seeking person like pleasure-seeking people in our days described in the last days in 2 Timothy 3, 4, where it talks about people in the last days as being lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. And then it talks about, this is a sterling quality of Moses, when it says in Hebrews eleven twenty five, he made a choice rather to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. So Joseph was a serious person. Joseph was a thinking person who did not see things going on and just say, oh, well, you know, hmm, I don't want to judge him, okay. No, he took time to evaluate what he saw in the light of what was right and what was wrong. So that he not only saw what his brothers were doing, but then he evaluated it to come to the conclusion that's evil, that's evil. See, so he has this keen sense of what's right and wrong. He has this keen sense of loyalty, and he highly values being loyal even if it meant that he was going to be personally hurt by it. And he knew how important it was for his father, I think as you said, Tim, to restrain his brothers. 
He knew how important it was because Joseph's loyalty to his father was more important than his own safety, his own safety. I mean, Joseph took, he took a great risk. Joseph took a great risk when he exposed his brothers to his father because he knew how dangerous his brothers could be. By the way, where were the, where were the, where were the brothers when all this took, took place here in, in, in the last part of this? Where, where were they? In a place called Shechem. Ring a bell? Shechem. Joseph knew how his brothers could conspire in secret, plotting to murder all the people of Shechem, which they did, when they tricked those men into becoming circumcised. He knew how dangerous his brothers were, and just as the brothers had conspired with a secret plot to murder the Shechemites, sure enough, same brothers are going to later see Joseph coming and conspire with a secret plot to murder him, Joseph. So from what his brothers did in Shechem, Joseph knew just how dangerous his brothers could be. Joseph knew that if he told on them, he could bring their hatred on him. And he knew his brothers, and he knew that his brothers were scorners, and they weren't wise. So he knew that what was going to happen, as it says in Proverbs 9, 8, reprove not a scorner, lest he hate thee. Rebuke a wise man, he'll love thee. He knew that he wasn't dealing with wise men. And it was when Joseph showed up all the evil of his brothers that made, made them hate him, which is exactly why the scribes and the Pharisees, the chief priests, hated the Lord Jesus Christ when he exposed their evil in Mark eleven fifteen, Mark eleven fifteen, where it says, they came to Jerusalem, and Jesus went into the temple and began to cast out, cast them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money chambers and the seats of them that sold doves and would not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. And he taught, saying unto them, is it not written, my house shall be called the house of all nations, the house of prayer? But you made it a den of thieves. And the scribes and the chief priests heard it and sought how they might destroy him, for they feared him, because all the people were astonished at his doctrine. See, when the Lord Jesus cast out the money changers in the temple and said that they made it a den of thieves, then what he was doing he was the condemning light. He was the condemning light that he spoke of in John three nineteen. This is the condemnation, that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light. So you get that, hateth the light? Because thus he should be reproved. So when Joseph brought the evil report of his brothers to his father, Joseph testified that their deeds were evil, and Joseph was the condemning light, and his brothers hated the light. They hated him. That was the reason the world hates the Lord Jesus Christ. Is that it? The world does not hate the Lord Jesus Christ because he claimed to be God. The world does not hate the Lord Jesus Christ because he claimed to be the only way to God. There's only one reason why the world hates the Lord Jesus Christ, and he said it in John 7, 7. The world cannot hate you, but me it hateth, because I testify of it that the works thereof are evil. But Joseph decided to do what was right, even if he had to suffer for it. And that all shows us how Joseph was a brave person. He was a brave person. What overrode Joseph's personal fear of his brothers was this brave loyalty to his father. Joseph knew, I gotta be faithful to my father. 
No matter what it means to me, I must be faithful to my father. That's bravery. In verse 2, when Joseph brought to his father the evil report on his brothers, it brought out the sterling character of Joseph, of brave loyalty and faithfulness, even to the point of endangering himself. And that's what makes Joseph just like the Lord Jesus Christ. Because just like Joseph knew from what his brothers had done in the very place where they were, to the Shechemites, standing over the ruins of the people they murdered, he knew how dangerous his brothers were. And the Lord Jesus Christ knew from what the leaders did to the God's messengers, he knew what he was walking into. The Lord Jesus knew what he was walking into when he said in Matthew 23, 33, when he called them, ye serpents, ye generation of vipers, how can you escape the damnation of hell? Wherefore, behold, I send unto you prophets, wise men, scribes, some of them you shall kill and crucify, some of them you'll scourge in your synagogues and persecute them from city to city, that upon you may come all the righteous blood shed upon the earth from the blood of the righteous Abel, unto the blood of Zacharias, son of Berechias, whom you slew between the temple and the altar. Verily, I say unto you, all these things shall come upon this generation. Now notice the next thing he says. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and you would not. Just like Joseph. The Lord Jesus was so brave. He knew he was dealing with poisonous snakes. The Lord Jesus knew that he was accusing those who would kill and crucify and scourge and persecute. He knew, he knew he was the hen. He was inviting the chickens who were among them, who were among the murderers, to be gathered and protected. And he knew this very well. He knew it very well. He knew who he was going to. He knew what he was walking into when he said in Matthew 23, 31, Matthew 23, 31, wherefore, you be witnesses unto yourselves, you are the children of them which killed the prophets. It would have been so much safer for the Lord just to leave them alone, you know, not expose them and cause their hatred to be focused on him. But if he had done that, if the Lord Jesus had not exposed them, he would have been disloyal and unfaithful to his heavenly father. And the risk of his own personal danger did not move the Lord Jesus away from doing the Father's will. Just as it would have been so much safer for Joseph just to leave his brothers alone. Everybody knows what they are. Just leave them alone. I mean, you know, why couldn't he, uh, you know, so see, so hear, so no tell, right, (laughs) on his brothers and not cause the hatred to be focused on him. But if Joseph had not exposed his brothers he would have been disloyal and unfaithful to his father. And the risk of his own personal danger did not move Joseph away from doing the father's will. He was brave. He was brave in not letting the fear of his brothers deter him from alerting his father. Just as the Lord Jesus was brave in not letting the fear of the scribes and the Pharisees stop him from stretching out his arms to lost souls, wanting reconciliation out of them to God. And what Joseph's brothers had done to the Shechemites, it so bothered Joseph that he wished that he could have found out about their conspiring and their secret plot to murder the Shechemites 
So he could have warned the Shechemites, don't become circumcised. Don't fall into this fatal trap. Well, now Joseph sees his brothers in another secret evil. And now was Joseph's opportunity to stop this evil of his brothers by telling his father. So he jumps on this opportunity. Now, what we see clearly here is that the overriding reason Joseph told his father about the evil that his brothers were up to was because Joseph had a special relationship with his father. He had a relationship that far surpassed his relationship with his brothers. All through Joseph's life, we see this special relationship. All through Joseph's life, he thinks about his father. He thinks about Jacob. As a matter of fact, when Joseph is in Egypt, right after he reveals himself to his brothers, he asks his brothers one question. You know what it was? How's dad? It's how's dad. In Genesis 45, 2 and 3, he wept aloud. The Egyptians in the house of Pharaoh heard. Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph. Does my father live? Above everything else, Joseph was anxious to know one thing. Is his father still alive? Because he had a special relationship with his father. Now, we see this special relationship between Joseph and his father, Jacob, in Genesis 37, 3, verse 3. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than all of his children. Now, this brings up a question. You know, whenever you read something like this, the parent loves one and the other. It's like, what? Okay. This brings up a question, why? Why did, as it says, Israel love Joseph more than all his children? Why did Jacob, why did Israel love Joseph more than all his brothers? Now, the reason's given, right? The reason says because. There's a word because right there in verse 3. Because he was the son of his old age. Okay? Now, what does that mean? Well, what does that mean? He was. The, does that mean, you know... Does that mean like, you know, I really wanted more children and uh, later in life, 12's not enough, son, so, you know, I couldn't have, so I love him more because he's the last one, one of the last ones. No, it's very insignificant in verse three, and you gotta look at the words here, when it says, Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. Okay, what was Jacob like in his young age? In his young age, in Genesis 28, 21, he talks to God, so that I come again to my father's house in peace. Then shall the Lord be my God. So in Jacob's young age, the Lord was not his God. And I'm not talking about whether or not Jacob was saved. The issue is that in Jacob's young age, the Lord is not his God. That meant that Jacob guided his own life and didn't let God guide his life. That meant that Jacob set his own goals and aspirations, and didn't let God set goals in his life. No. That meant that Jacob asked himself for advice on what he should think and what he should do, and he didn't ask God for what he should think or what he should do. No. He was a man who did not have God in his life. He was a man who did not yield his life to God. Whether Jacob was saved or not, that's a formula for heartache, frustration, and disaster, which is what we see happen. And whether a person is saved or not today If God is not in his life and he's not yielded his life to God, that's a formula for heartache, frustration, and disaster. That was Jacob in his young age. And Jacob, by his life example, taught his children to live that life. Live a life without God. Live a life without asking God for what you should do, what your goal should be. Live a life without yielding to God. And every time Jacob saw his sons conspiring and conniving and scheming and lying, Without God and without yielding to God, Jacob would say to himself, that's the way I was 
when I was in my young age, a rebel without God, conspiring, conniving, scheming, lying, without God, without yielding to God. Oh, what I see in my children of my young age is a picture of the way I used to be. I taught them. I taught them by the way I lived. I taught them. And then he would say, I wish, I just wish I could just go back, turn the clock back before I had children, and that I wouldn't have these children of my young age. I wish I'd yielded my life to God before I had children. Then I would not have these children of my young age. But a great change happened in Jacob's life, in his older age, when Jacob crossed over from being Jacob in his young age of rebellion against God to Jacob in his old age of submission to God. And that change happened, as we saw in Genesis 32. That's when Jacob made the Lord his God. And it was so significant in Genesis 32 that his name was changed from Jacob to Israel. So Jacob is the name of this man in his young age. And Israel is his name in his old age. So then Jacob in his old age has Joseph, and he teaches Joseph by his life to make the Lord his God, to yield to God, to put God first. That's why. That's why these words are very important. Verse three, Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. See how it says there, Israel, not Jacob. Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. It wasn't Jacob, it was Israel. Jacob and Israel are the same person. Jacob and Israel are the same person. But Jacob is the person in his young age, and Israel is a person in his old age. You know what parents wish today? Parents wish today, they look at the children of Jacob, and parents look at the children of their young age, and they say, I wish I could go back. I wish I could just turn the clock back. I, I wish I could raise them as children of Israel I wish I could, I could just go back and raise them as children of Israel, not like they are the children of Jacob. And when Jacob looked at the brothers of Joseph, Jacob saw the children of his young age, and he saw the children of Jacob. But when Jacob looked at Joseph, he saw the son of his old age. He saw the son of Israel. And that's why it's the, the, the link is so important in verse 3 between the name Israel and the son of his old age. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. Joseph was the son of Israel, the older man who yielded his life to God. Joseph was the son of Israel, the older man who put God first and set himself to love and worship God. Israel loved Joseph because Joseph was following in Israel's footsteps and not in Jacob's footsteps. And Joseph's brothers only reminded their father of the life that he came out of when he was Jacob. And Joseph reminded his father of the new life that he went into when he became Israel. Okay, now next week we're gonna continue on to see more of this special relationship between Joseph and Jacob. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the great change that happened in Jacob's life, Lord, and we thank you for Joseph and all we can learn from him, aspire to be the challenge that Joseph's life brings to us. Help us, Lord, to be loyal to you. In Jesus' name, amen.
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional verse. Now, Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org, or you can write Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711-330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. That's S-A-N-T-E-E, Santee, California, 92071. Or you can email Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Sunday Night Church is back. Join Friendship with God Bible teacher Tom Cantor at the new Friendship with God Fellowship every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Join us early each Sunday at 4.30 p.m. for food and fellowship with Sunday evening services to follow at 5.30 p.m. Watch Tom Cantor in the service on Facebook Live through the Friendship with God Facebook page. Enjoy encouraging teaching from our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, in a relaxed and family-friendly atmosphere. Sunday Night Church is back. So join us at the Friendship with God Fellowship every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum at 10946 Woodside Avenue North in Santee, California. For more information, call us at 800-247-3051, 1-800-247-3051, or visit friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org for the Friendship with God Fellowship.